I'm Kevante White from Springfield High School, and you're listening to the 615 Press Podcast. Well, hello, everybody. Once again, thank you for joining us. This special edition of the 615 Preps Podcast. This is episode number two of Coaches in Q, a series where we get to know area coaches over a plate of Tennessee's finest barbecue. This episode, we're coming to you from J.I. Baldwin & Sons Pit Barbecue Restaurant in Springfield, Tennessee, 300 Central Avenue East. And joining us is the athletic director and head football coach of the Springfield Yellow Jackets, Dustin Wilson. Coach, appreciate you coming on with us. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you guys for coming to Springfield. Uh, no. Last season, a great run to the Blue Cross Bowl Championship game. It didn't end like you wanted, but uh, that experience it had to be valuable for your program, for, for the kids coming back for this season, isn't it? It's good for everybody. It's good for Springfield, Tennessee. It's good for uh, fans. It's good for players. It's good for the youth. Uh, it's just good for everybody that's involved. And uh, Yeah, you just I, I, we've got over the bitterness, I guess, but uh, <laughs> you, you, you get into competing, and everybody's in it for, to compete, and um, and you just you, you work strive so hard on winning that last one, and uh, it was a great experience. Uh, that 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 game and that whole aspect of making the state championship and all those media outlets and um, just just everything you got to do for the game it makes it worthwhile once you experience. It. Plus meeting guys like you, um, you know it's hard to get you guys to come through Nashville sometimes. So uh, we had to go through Nashville and go take a stop at Cookville, but. Uh, Great place. You talk about goals and achieving goals and mm-hmm. setting goals when you talk about them all summer. And uh, you say Cookville, and, you know, Cookville's on banners in our field house now twice. So, uh, great experience. Just glad to be a part of it. And both of those times were some East Tennessee powers that you all faced in the championship game, Greenville and Elizabeth. And what is it about those teams up there that just seemed like they, they're roadblocks? Yeah, I, you know, not to compare them or take anything away from – Elizabeth, but that Greenville team, man, uh, and that was one of uh, – obviously we had two good squads. We had three good squads. Ever since I've been here, a lot of good squads. I ain't taking anything away from any kid that I've ever coached. But that Greenville team, uh, any public school, you're going to have groups of kids that come through that play junior pro together and stay together, and that's what's going to make them great. And they just seemed like they had it all for a couple years. And uh, they were tough. And then, you know, that Elizabeth and team, you say the same characteristics about them. And – but the difference, the big difference between them two is uh, that Orange team's young. Uh, that Greenville team wasn't as young. They were old and experienced. But, man, there was a sophomore quarterback and Elizabethan and uh, a lot of youth on that team. And uh, we, we were too. Uh, so, yeah, it's just, just some good good football and glad to be up against them and glad to see our name amongst one of the, what is it, 18 teams that are in those programs now. and. Ours has been in there twice lately, so good stuff. Yeah, it, it's been a couple. Of, it's been a couple, a few months, uh, a couple of months since since that night, and uh, you could really tell when uh, when you and I talked after the game that uh, uh, you, you had uh, you and your team had really put everything into it. Uh, you know, everybody. There was nothing. You know, there was nothing left. You guys had given everything out there on that field, um, and you, I really could tell that. Uh, it, you know. That experience mattered to you. That those kids uh, got to experience, got to go that far. Um, I could really tell that it was something that, uh, you know, how those kids looked at themselves coming out of that game was very, very important to you. Absolutely, it's all about the kids. I mean, we're we're old and stubborn and set in our ways, and we had our experiences. Um, I'm just glad that the 
kids took me through that experience that we went through this year specifically now speaking of it and um you know our group was nine seniors and um you know no offers still just a couple of offers that come through and coaches not coming to our campus and um you know just a whole chip on your shoulder and um just telling the kids to keep on keeping on and doing what you believe in and doing things the right way and culture beat scheme and keep loving each other and all that stuff it's uh, yeah, when I talk to you guys, it's just, you know, win or lose. Obviously, I don't know the win part yet, but uh, it's just a, a, a big exhale. It's, it's, it's over. Uh, yeah, one didn't have time to be proud or reflect yet, really. Uh, but the, the, the achievement was there, the kids, the congratulatory stuff for the kids and hugging and loving on them the last time. And, you know, I remember the last time I walked off the field, November 21st, 2001, and, Davidson, North Carolina, um, when I had my football pads on, I uh, walked off with my dad. and uh, Some of them boys don't have a dad and just try to be there for them and make sure that moment was special. We're sitting here at the Baldwin family barbecue place in Springfield. Now, I, I got I to ask, I mean, you've been here quite a bit. What's, mm-hmm. the, what's their secret that you found out about this place? Should order a sandwich and you'll find out. <laughs> you order a sandwich in here and you got a sandwich and a plate full of barbecue, but – uh, Michael and his family is obviously a big name in Springfield, and uh, Michael's a big dude. Uh, when you start talking about supporter of Springfield High School, Springfield High School football, uh, he helps us throughout the year with things. He helps us with our golf tournament. He helps me coming in the door and saying hello and being nice and being genuine. So uh, Michael's a great man, and uh, obviously uh, you can see here with the, with the audience here at almost 5 o'clock, I guess, in the afternoon, he does a great job of making barbecue. Yeah, the, the line has not gone down in the uh, <laughs> no, hour hasn't. or so since we've been here. I think it's gotten longer, actually, since I've been in here. So, now, Chris, you've not been here. I have. Yeah. Uh, everything Coach says is true. Right. Uh, this is some of the best barbecue in the state. But I am going to tell you that the peach cobbler here, I, I kid you not, is the best of our head. And you know I grew up and spent my formative years in Georgia, the Peach State, right. and there is nothing down there that compares to that over there. <laughs> no, you can pick out anything over there, and it's going to treat you right. <laughs> uh, Michael Michael does a good job, and I guarantee you, you ask him for that recipe, and you're going to leave empty-handed because he, he uh, wants you to come back, but he does it right and done it right for many years. Yeah. Oh, I've been looking forward to this all day. I mean, I mean <laughs> right. don't get me wrong. The interview was the number one, but that over there I am looking forward it to. Is, it is half the reason to do this to get a little barbecue <laughs> in us, too. I yeah. mean, I can't lie about that. Well, yeah, you can see Mr. Mason walking up to the parking lot, parking his, his bus over there after his bus route, <laughs> coming into Baldwin. So, you know, this is community, and uh, they're coming for the barbecue. So, right. it's good stuff. Oh, good deal. Well, I guess this time we just dive in a little bit about yep. about you, Scott. I know you had some questions you wanted to fire off, so I'm gonna turn it over to you. Yeah, I just want to look at. Uh, we'll start out uh, with background. Uh, you are a Robertson County product, uh, born and raised here. Um, uh, tell me a little bit. What is it about this area that uh, that that you love so much? Uh, I mean, just say it one word. It's home. I mean, I. I took a little short five-year break from it when I went to school in Clarksville, but close enough to come back and forth. And, you know, I was, I'm a mama's boy and family man, and uh, mama still did the laundry for a few years in college there, so it was close enough to make a little road trip. And Many of my roommates knew about that breakfast in, in Brenda's <laughs> kitchen. They, they'd always want to go, and uh, they, you know, we were leaving with a full stomach. But, it, yeah, Robertson County's home to me, um, to Springfield specifically, and 
um, it's just just a great place to be. And you would, uh, uh, I, I take it, you'd make it down every once in a while for a ball game or two. Oh yeah, I I, I watched my share of Springfield High School football games during uh, college. Which, you know, when you're playing college ball, it, it takes it and it's your life, and you got to live it. And if you're gonna do something right, I've just always lived where you do it to your to your fullest potential. But yeah, you you have friends in high school, and whether you go to one of their ball games where they played, or they went with me here to to Springfield, which was always, uh, you know, talking about mama's cooking, that was easy to get them to come with me because we always got the food when we come home. But, uh, yeah, we stayed in touch with our communities as much as we could, but we also were college football players. Now I want to ask something about you. Of course, you played at one of the more historic fields in Middle Tennessee, Boy Smith. Absolutely. I mean, and now you've got a field on campus. So that process of getting that moved on campus, what did that mean for you guys to, to have – everything right there in the backyard yeah it's a that's that's different it's a um, it's a unique question to answer because you answer it and you want to answer it with the fullest amount of, of pride and tradition as you can mm-hmm. boys you look up boy smith you know uh boy smith's in the guinness book of world records uh he had a point a minute team one time uh one out like 288 games maybe if i say that wrong a bunch uh, the man coach taught uh, basketball football he's a principal uh, he's a little bit of everything here, but uh, just speaking of that field, uh, you know, when I was in high school, uh, you go and you dress in the old gymnasium over at Springfield Middle School that used to be the high school, and you come and you stand under the bleachers there as you're about to run out on the field waiting for a song, fight song to be played. And it was so huge. I mean, it was 20 to 20 back in the day, and I ain't no telling how many rows high, and just so much tradition and so many years and so many families. Yeah. and. You walked out on that field, and it was, it was just so tight, and everybody was right on top of you. Uh, you know, and then now we're transitioning. That was as a player, and I did coach there, too, uh, at Boy Smith the first few years. And as a player now, uh, these kids are just making their own tradition. You know, they um, they get to go out in their own backyard and, 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 and make their own story and tell their own story or their own tradition. And uh, we're all Springfield, so they're going to know about Boy Smith. His pitcher's hanging in the field house. And, his record and all that uh, pride and tradition to it. But, um, you know, that, that backyard over there at 5240 Highway 76 East sure have been good to us. And, um, you know, people's taking hold to it now. It's, it's, still, it's still Springfield. And having covered games at both places, I can tell you all take great pride in, in the grass that's on those, bo- on those fields. Yeah, that's, that's my baby. That's my therapy now. I, I solve a lot of problems on that mower. <laughs> yeah. I've got a question for that a little bit later. We could, uh... <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Um, now, you, know, you go to uh, Ostapi, uh, get a BA in business there. Uh, you move on to MTSU, get your master's. Uh, you, know, you could have done a lot of different things with that, but you came back to coaching. Why exactly? Uh, so my, my fifth year of school, and yeah, it took me five. Not, not, not a problem there. But So I played four years, uh, didn't register anything when I went to school. That was during the non-scholarship days. So, yes, I also paid to play football in college. I uh, got a little scholarship from a private donor, but, um, you know, that fifth year I was there at school, I, here comes summer. It's the first time since I was nine I didn't have practice to go to or, uh, you know, in the time overlay, actually, my brother, youngest brother, coaches with me now. Um, he was his he was his senior year of football in 2002. Um, and I went back to practice and hung out with him a little bit, asked Coach Thomas that I played for and, Drew played for, obviously. Uh, you know, just every day I win, I got to talk about coaching or what they do or watching or observing. And uh, one day he asked me the question, and um, I, I really I don't remember how long it took me to say yes, uh, but I can tell you it wasn't very long because 
you, you, you know, going to Clarksville, it's 40 minutes from where I lived right there on campus, back and forth. So not a lot of driving, but I, I just at that time, I couldn't say no, number one, to my brother, um, you know, and number two, I just I, I couldn't do it without football. So um, that's probably what took the turn. And uh, shortly after, you know, I'm going to Middle Tennessee and uh, getting a master's degree in education, the shortest route it was to being certified uh, to become a teacher. So here I am. Uh, this is year 15 and a half, really year 16 in, in the education world. And so teaching and coaching is what I do. And you spent uh, most of your coaching career, almost all of it, I guess, here in Robertson County, right? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, because you were at Greenbrier a little bit, and I, ne- uh, I never, never coached there. I taught there. Taught there. Um, okay. So my first year out there, after I helped Drew uh, and Coach Thomas, Coach Thomas retired from coaching, uh, and Coach Offit took over at Springfield High School. So he he asked me in hiring a staff. We all well, I know those challenges now, but at the time, I don't guess it was easy to get somebody with experience in it. And he asked me to be the coordinator. Um, and defense coordinator, and he hung in there with me, and um, so I run the defense there. My my first year out of school, I was on a permit, um, so yeah, I went back and knew that if that's what I was going to do, really after that. So, uh, but yeah, I helped coach off it and was defense coordinator in 03, 04, I think if those years would have been right, and then I I was like, man, I'm going back to school, and that's where the MTSU part come back, and uh, drove back and forth there for many classes, um, and then I got a job at Greenbrier. Um, but that was in like Christmas time, a half a year, um, and just so happened I was actually coaching a couple of my cousins in little league baseball at the time, and there was a principal that I was coaching his son, and he worked at, he was a principal at Cooperstown Middle School, um, and he said, hey, we're going to start football in the in the in the fall, and that was 2006. Would you want to do it? And uh, yeah, not not much deliberation there, and started a middle school f- football program with on field, on stadium building. Didn't have lights, all that stuff. So, yeah, I did that from 2006 uh, to 2011. So half of those years I taught at Greenbrier and traveled back and forth to Cooperstown, which was home. Uh, that's where uh, I was living with my parents. Um, and then, then in one of those years in the middle, Cooperstown actually had a, a business job for me. So then I started teaching and coaching there. Uh, and then spring of 2012, uh, Springfield come open and – uh, I applied, and yeah, here I am, eight seasons later. Yeah, you took over in 2012. Uh, what was it like that first year coming to your alma mater as the head coach? Uh, I, I I don't know. I can't remember it, Harley. It's happened <laughs> so fast. So you, you just put you there. Some middle of April, I remember, because um, I just actually started dating my wife that I'm married to now, and um, she. <laughs> She didn't know what she was doing, but anyway, we're, we're still together. So, uh, But I do remember asking her in the liberation with my mom and dad, you know, about the job and taking it. And, um, I, I really don't know about it, like, if it was a problem being at home, but I just knew there was some negative things about my home and Springfield in particular and Springfield football. And um, So it was it's just a little different because you, you got to teach kids – what you think's right and you got to believe in it and you got to have administrators around you that believe in you and and what you're doing and hang in there with you because it's just you know you just you can't go to walmart and and buy an eight and two record and you know you got to get after it and those kids hung in there and 
you know, Terrence Summers and Asa and Fontes and some of those guys, Mason Wixes and Foster Porters. I'm about to say I'll rattle all their names off now that were seniors that first year. Uh, they hung in there with us, and it was rough. It was three and seven, I think. And, um, you know, you just talk about what was rough about it, just like getting to talk to you guys. Like, y'all wouldn't have come to Springfield at, at that point. It just it wasn't a lot of good going on. The referees didn't think much good about Springfield at that time the the media the newspapers all that was that was just my goals and I wanted to get over that I wanted my home to be talked about in a good manner and um, we just started doing it through the football program and getting after day in and day out and trying to fix that well uh, so you know my I was going to ask you about the ad pressure but it sounds like uh, you you the pressure was all in that you had a plan not just for the team but for the town you you had a, you had an idea of what you wanted this town to re, or to to be remembered for or, or thought of. Yeah, continue. You know, not not to talk about anybody before us, but uh, you know, going all the way back to Coach Smith. How many ever forty something years he he uh, coached, and all the guys after him, both Pearsons. And my dad played um, here, and it's just it's just family and wanting to get it right and keep the tradition going and. Uh, if there's any pressure there, it's it's from myself or my brother putting it on our. There's there's not a lot of pressure, um, outside pressure that I don't put on myself. So it wasn't about winning and losing, and I saw that very quickly. You know, we were zero and six before we even got close to winning the game that first year. And uh, I, I spoke with Fontes earlier. I remember it. Uh, we was playing Rossview, and uh, it was a tight game right there at the end. And, you know, these kids are zero and six and ain't won a game yet. And, uh, we was at home and uh, we was trying to figure out what play to call. I believe we were on offense. And uh, he just looked at me and said, Coach, call it. We got this. And that was some old and six kids. And that's that Springfield love and pride and tradition. So all, all the all the pressure's put on by ourselves. We don't need anything from the outside. Okay. Um, so, you know, when you come in here and you're establishing a culture, um, is uh, what what was the culture you were trying to trying to uh, trying to build here? I know you, what you're talking about, what you wanted for it, but how how do you how do you go about establishing a new culture in an area that uh, in in a program that is having uh, you know is in a down period? Yeah, uh, I, I really didn't know what. I, let me rephrase that. I really didn't know how to do that. I don't think. Uh, you know, you just you got to go back to your roots. How I was raised. You know, there, all the all the time when um, I was little. You know, we was raised in a in a back of patch out on a farm or cows, and there's always consequences if you did something wrong. And um, you know, and there was always uh, something going on where you had to be better than somebody else, and whether it was competing or raising a backer or you know just to put food on the table and the roof over my head is what daddy always told me we had to be right and I think I took a lot of those family core values and just how I was raised and put in it I really didn't know how to do that in football Uh, I just know I always tried the hardest but uh, putting that around the kids and being around the kids every day all day long and uh, when you start talking about culture it starts with you and starts with how you portray yourself in front of the kids and uh, you know just just being consistent with that and letting the kids know that, hey, you know, less than 3% are going to go on at the next level and play this thing. Football's going to be over with in a little while, and you're going to be prepared for life. Uh, and all the hard hardships that come with life, as we all know now, as old men, 
um, and just try to get them prepared for that and have, have a good base uh, to their decision making as they go on in life. Well, well clearly, clearly what you've established or what you've been establishing is working as far as the product on the field. And you're seeing it, I, I suppose, in, in these kids themselves as they're moving along. Yeah, um, you know, I, I remember coming in there and, and barking all the time about college. That's what I wanted when I first come in. That shows you the lack of, you know, what I really knew. I did want that for the kids, the college, and they're going playing ball. And Man, I quickly found out that I couldn't make those guys come in there and take these kids. That's their livelihood. They don't, they're not going to recruit a kid unless they think that kid's going to do good. So I quickly had to change that tune. But my tune, if you will, never changed from being ready for life and, and making them ready for life. So uh, I want the best for them. And um, it's, it's been eight years, so you think of it, a kid that was 18 when we first started. They're mid-20s now, so they're starting to develop that manhood mentality and learn things about life. And uh, it's all worthwhile when they come back and talk to you. And so starting to see a little bit of that. Uh, but a lot of them stay around here and uh, do what they got to do for their families that they started. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're starting to see some of that as those kids grow up and come back and talk to us. And I ain't changed my number and since I've been here and starting. So... Uh, many days I want to when it rings, and which some people are getting a hold to me that I wish they wouldn't. But it's all about those kids and being able to talk to us and ask us or help or whatever the case is. It's, it's just all about the kids and and making them prepared for life for better men. So, I, I think I know how this will go, but I'm going to ask you to put some things in order. <laughs> okay, athletic director, head football coach. Uh, you tell me if I miss one too. Um, uh, instructor. Teacher, mm. head groundskeeper. Yeah, janitor. What's, janitor. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Saying, it's all what's of that, it. What's that order? I mean, what's I, that order like? I think when you say that, you got to say teacher, because uh, on and every one of them, you're teaching something. You know, fo- the greatest football coaches are the best teachers. So, um, you know, most of us are get our paychecks from being a teacher in high school football. Uh, and that's not the reason I answer that. It's just because we teach. We teach all day long. It don't matter if you're in a, a classroom setting, a, a locker room setting, a, on a bus, in the field house. They're helping us paint the field. We're always teaching. So teaching's got to be number one. Well, and, and and it's a cheat. I'm not. I'm, I don't have a crystal ball. I actually, I actually, uh, in my research, ran across where when you were interviewing coaches, your your first thing was. Your teacher first. Teacher first, yes, sir. And that, uh, you just—I mean—you want to tell them that too, and the and the professionalism aspect of it is—that's is, what that individual more than likely we're sitting there with the principal is hiring you for. Uh, but you also get a little feel if you don't know that person prior. Uh, when you say that or comment on that or ask that about teaching first, uh, you can get a lot out of that reaction. But yeah, um, we're, we're teachers first, yes, sir. Okay, so. You know, you, you talked a little bit about. Got to keep going in order there. Uh, no, 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 no. That, because that's exactly, I, you know, anybody that spent five minutes with you, as far as seeing how you, you know, how you coach the kids, how you work with the kids, know what that order is. Okay, well, so thank you for that. Uh, it, it, like I said, it was a cheat question. But <laughs> I knew the answer ahead of time, but I would, I, I thought it was important to get that out there. There you go. Um, Tell me about the community here in Springfield. Uh, we've talked a little bit about here at uh, JY, uh, J.I. Baldwin Son, but the community at large, uh, how, have they, how have they reacted to your program? Even during when you first came on, 
and how, how you were building your program. How have they been? Uh, well, the community you start you talk talk about football, Springfield football tradition. Uh, there, there's an old, and again, I don't know how to say that in the most respectful manner, but well, I mean, I'm old man now. I feel like, the, but the the people that played for boys, they're older in their years now, and you know, some of them, you know, starting to pass away or whatever that case. So that pocket exists of that's all they were about. Like back in those days, it was Friday night football and Boy Smith and you know, what all he did. So that pocket still exists. You know, they're the, the business owners, the ones that's went on or whatever, you know, from Baldwin's dad and Michael here being his dad and what he was involved in. It's just so much family, but it's different age groups and, and pockets of people here. And, uh, you know, just take it to mind that I can speak of, you know, played in the late 90s right after that state championship, that little the pocket of people that were, you know, mid – about 50 to, to mid-30s right now and starting families, you know, and you got to you so you're starting to coach those kids, that are, I guess, excuse me, my buddies' kids, that's what I mean. So, um, you know, they they want to support the best for their kids. Uh, so their support may just come in helping you sweep or clean or say a good job. You know, support looks like a, a, a carry many different faces, but um, the, the community is part of Springfield. Um, and when you start talking about DNA or the structure of it, it it's it's sports, it's real tight-knit. I mean, we all uh, were a part of it. It's changing a little bit for the, the transient part out there and, and Cooperstown side of it because of the interstate and the growth or, you know, the, the White House side um, mm-hmm. of it. So that, that part, people moving in from Nashville growth and Clarksville growth, uh, there, there's that pocket of people are newer to Springfield, um, but I, over and all, man, the community is exactly what I signed up for. I knew they cared and loved their high school sports. So um, this refresher, if you will, this revival that we've had success. Uh, everybody pitches in when it when it's good. I mean, that's just human nature, really. It's easier to do that, um, but it, it's been refreshing to see and, and everybody getting back uh, involved, if you will. So yeah, good, good support here in Springfield. Excellent. Given all your success that you've had with your program thus far, what makes you most proud? Uh, being called coach, probably. Just, um, you know, I barely ever hear my first name. You know, who knows who Dustin is. Uh, but just, you know, hearing coach or somebody hollering at me, coach, or walking in here and Michael saying, what's up, coach? Or, um, you know, j- just my life, I guess, that I picked. Um, it's it's pretty cool to see the kids coming around that are men now and um because again there's no record to that you just you get to see kids and whether they're working with you now some may be working for you or with you or again like i said a moment ago i'm I'm coaching some of my buddy's kids whatever case that is but it's it's just being a coach is just um instead of taking that uh, financial advisor gig where I went and interviewed a couple times with my real degree, I, I would say, uh, at that time. Uh, but now taking the route to t- teaching and coaching, uh, just just the, the name that comes with it and just being called coach. Outstanding. Well, I'm going to switch. Chris, you have anything else on the – At the moment, I think let's go a good spot to take a break right here. Uh, good idea. Yeah, I think there's some barbecue kind of got our <laughs> name on it. Okay. But, uh, we've got more Springfield head coach Dustin Wilson after this. This is the 6.5 Preps Podcast. We're back in a moment. Do you know of a business who's looking a way into sponsorship opportunities for high school sports? We can help. Email us 
at midstateprepsplus at gmail.com for more details on how you or somebody you know that has a business can get involved in the 2020 season. We're looking for sponsors for our website, midstateprepsplus.com, the 615 Preps Podcast, and various social media channels as well. So email us at midstateprepsplus at gmail.com to get details on how you can help us out for the 2020 football season. Welcome back. This is the 615 Preps Podcast. Coaches in Q edition with Springfield head coach Dustin Wilson. We're here at J.I. Baldwin and Sons Pit Barbecue at 300 Central Avenue East in Springfield. So I wanted to uh, dive back into some uh, other types of football questions, Scott. Uh, it's all yeah. yours. Yeah, uh, and you know, during the season we've, we've seen several issues pop up. Uh, and just want to get your take on a few of these uh, issues that are facing high school football, high school sports in general. Uh, the first question is, and we've had uh, some discussion about uh, official shortages, uh, shortage of referees and such. Um, do you see that problem in in uh, in your experience? And uh, if so, you know what can be done to kind of offset that? Well, only time we can. I'll tell you, as a coach, that I could tell is. Um, if you want to change a game around that wasn't on their schedule, how they scheduled at the beginning of the year, uh, sometimes they'll discourage you from that because of they won't have, you know, a number of officials to go to that game or whatever the case is. So personally feeling that, I, I haven't felt a shortage. But I can tell you when we're at a game, you can tell that there's a shortage because of how they're trying to train a new guy or a younger guy and that person – I guess that spot on that crew is getting more, uh, like, multiple that evening. So, you know, there's a shortage. You know they're trying to work them in. But, uh, you know, he's asking me as a as a, a question or a solution, I guess, to that. I, I really, you know, it's a society thing. Anything that's labor or work or anything like that, it's just tougher to find uh, good quality people. And then you throw in there, you don't just get to go to work being a referee. you got to actually – talk to people and have people skills and shoot our, our youth right now man it's it's all about them thumbs and you know communicating on and well i really can't be a hypocrite about that we're all getting worse about it but um it's a unique position officiating i mean i've done some umpiring in the past i had to give it up when i got into head coaching but um the people that really like to be around sports and can't play sports anymore i think they'll keep that position alive uh it's just harder, you know, when you go and you see a crew that's getting in older and how many of them are older compared to younger. So it is a problem. Uh, but I, I really can't tell you as a solution besides myself trying to recruit, hey, you guys want to be around football when you get older and nobody's giving you a scholarship, you know. Go get certified and make $105 on Friday night and watch a good football game and, you know, then I'll insert keep the flag in your pocket where nobody's chasing you out of the stadium. <laughs> but, um, I, you know, it is a problem, but I, I don't know how to fix it. Yeah, I, I think – and I, truthfully, I think that is part of the issue is that the, uh, you talk about the, the younger uh, generation coming up um, may not be as willing to take some of the – uh, I don't want to say abuse, but uh, some of some I mean, of the flack, some of the flack that they catch. Well, I mean that's part of it. As yeah. coaches, we got to do our part too. You can't run them off the field, and, and you know how are we doing our part recruiting? If kids see, golly, they talk to him like that. I mean, I know we're all intense and have our ways of dealing with them, but 
uh, and in the end, they're humans just like we are. So we gotta we gotta try to treat them right. And that's not easy to learn. Now, don't get me. I'm not saying I've always been like that, but I think I try to do a good job of and, it now, just talking to them. And we yeah. see some of these stories when they talk to officials about why they leave. Some of them mention the the, the abuse they take from the crowds. You know, as a coach, you know, how do you feel like your role is in trying to make sure that your fans are are respectful and try to not not go that far. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's just like the approach I take with the kids. You know, if you if you want them to, to act like that or, or be like that towards them, you got to model it. So, um, you know, if, if your fans see that, they'll try to do it too. But, you know, you can't control uh, fans or whatever the case is. But you still got to not make it a big deal and move on because it's over with. It's part of the game. It don't matter what level you watch it at. You know, high school refs don't have a – a podcast or social media or a radio talk show in the morning talking about how bad they were, but uh, right. it's the same thing. Those guys know if they mess up just like a kid knows, if they miss execute or just like a coach knows when they make a bad call. So we're all in the same game. We just got to do a better job at communicating and moving on. Well, we'll move on from, from that. And, and uh, you, you know, how do you feel? I mean, do you have to compete with outside influence on students time uh you know it's more and more nowadays that football is we see number of shortages in some places now some of it is due to just the logistics of where people live and people moving in moving out but it seems like more and more uh sports is taking a back seat to some other activities or just lack of activities that uh how how do you yeah, does that something that you see? Oh yeah, anybody that's in a in a school setting coaching right now, uh, I think you gotta say that we're all in a fight if you want to use that word with specialization. It makes it tough. Uh, somebody down the line's told the kid that's all they need to do. Um, you know, you got one kid that could be playing three, four, or five sports, or some of it. Uh, listening to somebody that's telling them just to play one. Um, that makes it hard when you start talking about numbers. It's still a kid, but it's a kid that could be participating in others. Um, but, yeah, you, you – um, the personal training world right now, the, the people that will have other entities around the game of football, but, um, you know, it's not a selling point, but you just got to coach football how it's played. It's a team sport. Um, there ain't no one person that can go out there and win a game. I don't care what – trainer or coach or whatever is telling you that and so uh yes i see it i see it in every sport as an athletic director uh with a number saying in specialization and that uh private world is uh is is tough on high school sports do you actively try to combat that in some situations where you may talk to kids and say maybe that specialization isn't a great idea you should play more sports uh personally no um I, I just don't i don't feel like it's my role to do that now you ask kid I might tell a parent because I, I truly believe, and not to overuse that word, but you just talking about seeing what you believe, you know, that's the truth. You see what you believe. You don't believe what you see. So it comes from somewhere. Uh, so the kids are hearing it. They're just as influential as, as the next kid. So I try not to put it on the kid. They don't need that. But I, I've taken the spot in some places to talk to parents. Uh, about it and uh, maybe their tune will change a little bit at home and take them to two sport practices versus one yeah. so uh, no I don't feel like that's fair on a kid and I right. very 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 seldom do that yep. 
Yeah, as you're you're in a unique role as the athletic director and as the head coach in that respect, where uh, you have other coaches that work with you in other sports, so you have to be uh, more cognizant of what their needs are as well. Sure, I would think. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Um, well, you, you, our area. Um, you know, fo- football is the, the money maker. When you start talking about athletic director, you put in finances and figuring out how everybody can make ends meet or uh, be able to practice. Like right now, Monday was our <laughs> start of spring sports. Yeah. There's oh, nobody wow. on a field practicing baseball or softball right now. They need inside facilities and trying to figure that out. But, you know, our topic right now is talking about the kids and trying to get them to play everything or, you know, like coaches having common language, like, you, you, you got to say we a lot and ain't I's or me's. And uh, you talk about Springfield and not football or basketball. You talk about Springfield. So uh, our coaching staff, uh, for the most part, is all on sharing athletes and participating in the multiple sports. So, uh, but again, it starts starts with how you talk and you got to have that common language. So um, we're, we're pretty good at it at Springfield um, and, and getting those kids to participate in multiple sports. Now, we talked a little bit about. Uh numbers issues and in the uh there, this year we saw numbers issues with uh, schools in metro um and and uh schools that we see in in rural areas uh you know with those numbers are you, have you seen any uh player shortages like that in in your area uh no i don't, I don't think so to that degree and i think the one in metro issue we speak of we've seen this year where they had to maybe cancel a game or wait on numbers to see uh, if they could play that game. Uh, right now, the numbers um, isn't a huge deal. Um, you know, you take our football topic specifically. Right now, we dressed 51 at a 4A state football game, um, and yet you compare them to the other sidelines. I'm going to tell you, there's probably at least 80, yep. um, and then every other team that comes to Springfield this, uh, excuse me, postseason. They had more kids than us. Uh, but I can look back and compare it to 98 when I was a senior. Excuse me, 97. I graduated in 98. We had 27 football players on our football team. Wow. Um, I, I, public school sports are going to be cyclical. They're going to go up and they're going to go down. I think you just got to kind of set up base and make sure you do your all. It's going to come back around and that peaks. Uh, just as strong as that trough is bad. So, um, but no, not here at Springfield. We haven't seen them that bad um, in the numbers aspect. We, you know, we've had that discussion uh, before with some of these teams. We saw a team like Ezel Harding uh, that actually stepped down into eight-man football, uh, which you know the argument is: is there value there uh, if you are a program that is either in transition as far as your numbers go, or on the fence, or you know, or on the fence? It, it, do you see that as a viable option for some of those schools? Uh, the, the football traditionalist in me says no. Um, but, I, I, you know, when you start talking about a school, you, talking about a community, and even though that's a private example that you gave with Ezel Harden, mm-hmm. it's still a group of folks that want to rally around kids, and um, they're gathering on Friday night. So if, if they can – I mean, a football game's an event. If they can put on an event that helps their school out, sure, it's viable. Um, but not the football traditionalist to me. I need to see five men on the line. I need to have A, B, C, and D gaps going up there and trying to plug them. But, right. uh, but yeah, from a, from a school community aspect, uh, I think it's it's it was it's it's a good decision for some to do that. You no, know, you played 
in a time where you know safety might not have been first and foremost like it is now, compared to when you played, do you feel like football is a safer sport now? Or, or yeah, absolutely, like, yeah, hundred percent. What kind of advancements that do you think have been the most helpful in that regard? Well, you, you got to start that conversation by talking about the head injuries. Uh, that's just what's in the forefront of our. Um, our sport, our sports industry, when you start talking about equipment and making people safe, but comparing it to when I played, I mean, you just pick up a helmet now that the kids put on versus one that we used to, um, the weight of it, uh, and, and being able to make sure what's inside that thing is safe and all the t- tests that's run on it. and uh, it, It's it's safer because I think we're more educated. We're not back stuck in the, in the old school part of, hey, tackle however – you can get them down. However, it, it's, it's still violent. You still got to coach that. Uh, you still got to be fierce to do it. You still got to be meaner and tougher. Uh, but the kids need to hear and be educated on how to do it. And I just think once it was brought to the forefront of us, I think all football coaches have done a great job saving our sport. I mean, because uh, we're under attack, whether it's specialization of our youth or the safety aspect of it. Uh, all of us want to be in the game of football, so we, I, all the football coaches I'm around do a good job of, of coaching it the right way. And, and I can I can see that. I mean, you know, back when I played, you know, back in the leather helmet days. <laughs> <laughs> no, not quite that old, but the single bar. had a bar, face mask, though, right? Yeah, we did yeah. have one bar. <laughs> one bar. The old single bar. Yeah, the old single bar. No, actually, uh, you know, back in the 80s, it, I mean, truthfully, you did see there, there was no – discussion of head injuries or anything like that most of the time you know it was rub some dirt on it and walk it off right. it wasn't when i played no yeah. you didn't talk about it yeah so i it, it's got to be something that uh that you know you these days you definitely have to be cognizant of absolutely yeah i mean again 97 was my senior year and one of my memories that my buddies with we hang out ever quickly tell me we played down in Ashton City at Cheatham County High School, and you know this is how concussions went back in the day. They waited till you knew where you were at again, and then they put you back in the game. So it was right before halftime, and I woke up, panicked a little bit, you know, from from what we know now as a concussion. But uh, the people said it was good to go back in because we weren't really educated about it, right or wrong. I'm not saying that about anybody. Right. At that time, we all thought it was right. And, um, yeah, I didn't know anything, but that was that was ball, and that's what you did for your school and for what you wanted to do. And uh, when you knew who everybody was, they put you back in. Yeah, yeah they used to hold a little up. different now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> ask me how many. That's right. Then they couldn't. <laughs> right. How many fingers am I holding up? But I couldn't count anyway, mm-hmm. so they just to throw him back in. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, you had to make you had to feel the taps <laughs> on your leg. <laughs> that's it. They was holding four fingers up, but they were tapping you <laughs> yeah. four times. Yeah. That was your answer. So that's, that's it. That's how you beat the system. <laughs> All right, well, uh, Chris, anything else before we move into the five questions round? I think it's uh, time to shift gears and have a little fun with this. Let's do it. So we're going to ask you five questions. Not that we haven't had fun, but. I get it, I get it. Yeah. So Let's we're going to ask you five here. questions and, uh, and uh, you know, be as candid as you want to be. And right. uh, if you feel like skipping, that, if, I don't think any of these are going to put you in a corner, though. I, I think during Family Feud, Steve Harvey will tell you just say pass, but come back to it. <laughs> All right, so, I'll, I'll remember that. i got to pass. Okay. <laughs> so the first question is, what college coach or program do you most admire and why? College coach. Uh, I tell you, uh, it's be hard not to say Saban right now just because yeah. of the way he does things. But uh, we went over to AFCA 
it was in Nashville. Um, this what's right there at the turn of the year, right before the national championship. Um, and listen to PJ Flett, the guy that's at Minnesota right mm-hmm. now. That's the whole row of the boat. It is absolutely amazing listening to him talk and rattle off what he believes in. That all the acronyms that he says, like it does, it's, it didn't just come from an or. O A R means something, and to hear him just sit there and rattle it off. I mean, there's no pen that can move fast enough to to write down all his ideas, or no phone to capture all the powerpoints. Um, but man, he he was real impressive. Wow. Uh, so if if you're talking about something in youth sports right now and culture, mm-hmm. uh, I have not heard somebody talk about culture or modeling uh, like I have him before, but. Um, but, man, you just see what Saban does and they're placing coaches and recruiting kids, and he ain't done it just at Alabama. And um, it's just – it's just – it's nice. When when people hate on you, you know you arrive. So, if you ain't in Tuscaloosa or you don't like Maroon, you hate on him. That's just <laughs> one reason is because he's good. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Great. Okay, question number two. Is there another sport other than football that you would try coaching given the opportunity? Sure, yeah. Um, I love some, some baseball. Um, you know, I, I said it stated earlier, I did a little officiating and umpiring and that just to stay around, and you make decent money and you're around athletes and coaches. So, um, But, you know, I just had a had a girl. She's seven months old right now, so um, softball is real relative to that. And, you know, you're talking about watching it. It's fast-paced and you're in and out. So, um, you know, I, I like that. But if I was going to coach a sport, I got to be outside. I need a, need a yard to mow. I need to have that competitive edge for our field to look better in yours. So I don't I don't think I could get used to sweeping a basketball court or a volleyball court or you know cleaning a wrestling mat. I, I think I'd have to have me a yard to mow. So some some baseball softball uh, features. Sure, I could see myself coaching that. Have a little dirt to rake around. That's absolutely and, yeah, right. Drag, yep. drag a little bit. Yes, sir. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Question number three. What is your favorite away stadium, high school or college? That I played in, or does it matter? It doesn't matter. Yeah. Just with, with whatever your favorite. Or college. Well, yeah. I didn't get to go to a lot of uh, of college stadiums because we played, and I've coached ever since I got done playing, so not a lot of travel. So I guess it really takes out college, um, high school, um, being in and seeing. Uh, you know, locally, Henry County is an environment that's uh, pretty top-notch when you start talking about the people and everything that's been in. Um, I, when I uh, Drew was playing in high school, so that would have been 90. No, it wouldn't have been 90. So that's my age. Uh, 01, 2000, or 01, Springfield High School went to Columbia um, High School and played in a playoff game. Um, that whole bowl and the, the – the little tunnel you walk into there's uh, pretty unique. Yeah, that's a that is a, a question that you'd have to. I've been to a lot, I think, but that's probably the two that I've been to. Um, and again, I'm a homeboy. I ain't never really moved off anywhere, right. but those two are, are unique. Um, are unique to go to. That I've heard. Uh, I've heard about the Columbia. I, that's I'm looking forward to. Uh, getting down and covering a game down there because yeah. I've heard that very thing, the mm-hmm. tunnel that you walk out of that's and you're right. in that bowl. And uh, that's, uh, from what I understand, it's just kind of a special place to play. Now, you, you talk about, you want to take that question, sorry if I'm 
Uh, I'm definitely not passing on this. I'm just making my thoughts. Um, played in Pearl Cone a lot. Uh, in high school, they were in our region. That's when they got things rolling that <laughs> – that year they had Santonio Beard and John oh, yeah. Henderson, and yeah. oh, wow. they were 0-6 um, my junior year, and um, they beat us and went on to win the state championship, mm-hmm. winning seven or eight in a row. And then uh, our senior year, of course, we're in their region, so, you know, we played them four times, excuse me, twice in that year. They put us out in the quarterfinals. There's really nothing more intimidating uh, than what they got going on over there. You, you walk through, it's almost like a trick. You walk through their gate. Uh, it's got some of the best smelling fish you ever had as a player or a coach. And then you walk on the field and uh, they're doing their thing. And, you know, whether it's dancing or hollering or getting into you, it's just a different mindset. And the, the fans are all the same. And it's a, it's a pretty intimidating place yeah. uh, to go play to. And just talking about the present time, Coach Brunetti does an incredible job coaching those young men. And uh, they're freaking good at football and in, in, in an intimidating atmosphere. Um, so yeah, just talking about a few places that I've been to before. Yeah, yeah, that's a good. That's, those are good ones. Okay, your favorite sports film or book? It definitely won't be a book. Uh, <laughs> I, to, I can't say a lie there. I'm not much of a reader. Uh, I tell you, I did read one. Um, the guy that does our fundraising, uh, he always brings a book around for Christmas. I'm like, come on, Steve, like. Can I get a pie or something to eat? Or, um, so he brought me a book this year and said, you you can read this one. It was The Coffee Bean. Uh, little bitty, looks like a kid's book. But, uh, you know, it, it, it's an incredible story in there. And big words, short pages. So I, I read my way through it. But just talking about what a coffee bean does and boiling water and how it hardens and just relating to football. And um, So what was the question, book or what? <laughs> book or, uh, or film, a film. Football movie? Uh, yeah. Any movie. Any movie. Oh, any movie. Then uh, Shawshank. Okay. Um, I don't know why. I just like it. Uh, it's always been one of my favorites. It's one of those that's on TV. I'll watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a good movie. Um, yeah, I watch that one every time it's on. So it's hard to go wrong with a good uh, good fellas or something like that, too. Old, old gangster movie. And, um, you know, you watch a football uh, film. Um I don't know. It's it's hard to beat any of those, really. If it's got football, only I got to watch it. That's coming from me, though. But yeah, Shawshank Redemption to answer the question. Cool. And the coffee bean. There's a new one and for you. Yeah. yeah, I'll look that one up. All right. Definitely. It'll take you about 20 minutes to read it. it took me <laughs> it about sounds... two hours, but it's probably, kinda, you guys get there. Kind of my alley too. Then. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's good. Really, it's a good message. Okay, which you're a competitive guy. Mm. Uh, which competition would you be most likely to try? Survivor. American Idol or Top Chef? So Survivor's out because they're snakes. <laughs> um, I don't know what Top Chef is. Uh, it's American just a cooking Idol, competition. you got to sing. I might have to go to Survivor and hope, <laughs> hope it's somewhere without I'll, snakes. Let me, let me throw another one in there. Maybe American Ninja Warrior. Yeah, I can't do that. I'm too, too fat and old for that. I guess I'll have to go Survivor then out of, out of those, but uh, – I'd hope the the people that you get to tap out are close, and I <laughs> see one of those things wrapped around that tree and coming at me. I'd have to be out of there. There but. you go. Well, coach, you survived the five questions. Yeah, um, that wasn't bad. No, no, no. 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 Um, you, uh, we appreciate you uh, doing that. Tell us, do you have anything going on with uh, Springfield High School coming up? This will be coming out in March. Yeah, so. this will be our March episode. Spring practice won't be too far around the corner for you guys too. 
What's up? What's the spring schedule looking look like? Uh, well, again, going on what we were talking about earlier with sharing athletes, uh, try to do spring practice as late as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, for lack of a better term, just watered down. But we do get teaching out of it. You teach technique. Uh, technique's what wins late in the year. You know, when you start talking about bodies are down in football and you may have younger kids or backups that are you're getting called upon. So you got to have the technique. So we, we really take spring practice serious. Uh, but, you know, baseball wins a couple games and they get hot at the tournament time. We may not have a baseball kid all the way through it or if their kid's running track or tennis or soccer. Uh, we have some that go uh, play both those sports. So we try to make it as late as possible. Uh, and we scrimmage Pearl Cone the day after our graduation. Um, that day is the 17th of May this year, if I'm saying that Friday right. Okay. Um, again, as I stated earlier, I can't make college coaches come. To, to Springfield uh, for some reason still still can't get them to come so um, one, number one Brunetti does a great job and they're going to be good scrimmaging Pearl but there will always be a couple college coaches standing around recruiting those kids too so just another opportunity to get in front of, of some college coaches and that'll be our spring ball but yeah we'll get our 10 days in which now it's a, I'm not going to reference it because I don't want to be wrong it's a new rule change I think you get maybe another day or two out of out of spring now with the TWSAA rule changes but uh, we'll do it late, so that's that's what our spring practice will look like. And you mentioned that you have a, a golf tournament? We do have a golf tournament. Our golf tournament is the Friday previous to um, or prior to um, dead period every summer. So that will be June 15, 16, something this, this summer. It's the Friday before uh, a week from the Friday you go off to dead period. So we have that. We have one more week of of lifting and then it'll be off to the dead period every year but yeah that, that's a fun one you talk about fundraising uh you put a flyer out i send a letter to all the people that's played in the past um the companies here in town it's another thing while talking about community support uh, most of it comes from uh, a, a company and then they'll get four people to play uh, so it's that's a good event every year and we have we have kids standing out on the golf course uh, shaking hands and saying thank you and kind of the soft skills that are so uh, left out now uh, today when everybody teaching schools got to teach to a test now and right. as yeah. you can tell I don't agree with that but that's yeah. what we got to do in our world but um, you still got to teach those soft skills shaking the hand eye contact uh, saying thank you um, so that you know that golf tournament's fun for players and coaches and uh, the, the coaches obviously are out there walking from side to side we don't ever get to walk towards the hole but uh, most of ours <laughs> will, uh, we'll, we'll be trying to hack it out there with them too so it's a fun day well, Coach, really appreciate you coming on with us. It's been great. Enjoyed every minute of it. Enjoy Absolutely. the barbecue too. That can't can't uh, can't leave them out over here at JF Baldwin at Suns Pit Barbecue. Great stuff. Yeah, yeah. Thank y'all. Uh, I know I said it earlier, and if I'm being long-winded, it's uh, uh, it's just because I'm taking the opportunity. But you guys talking to us and wherever this is displayed and how you guys display it, like it's appreciated. Like it ain't just uh, somebody here. Uh, just talking about football, you know, I'm, I'm talking about home, I'm talking about a place that I want to be better. Uh, I'm talking about a place that I want to be on the map, for lack of better terms. And, uh, you know, earlier in the in, in my career, if you will, at Springfield High School, you barely get the local newspaper to cover you versus your other ones. And uh, now just because we've won a few games, it's, um, we've gotten to a time period in the year where not others are playing. So people have covered so i really appreciate you guys taking the time 
to come talk to us, to ride to Springfield, to meet Michael, to eat his good barbecue, and number one, just talk about Springfield, Tennessee. Well, like I said, appreciate you coming on with us. Absolutely. Uh, this wraps up episode two of Coaches in Q. This will be our, our March episode. Uh, check us out online at 615preps.com, at 615preps on Twitter and Instagram, and our Facebook page, Midstate Preps Plus. For Scott Burton, for head coach Dustin Wilson, I'm Chris Brooks. Thank you all so much for listening to us, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye. The 615 Preps Podcast is a production of B-Square Media, LLC.